Welcome to the Lanyap Life Podcast, where we discuss the lifestyle and practical insights of living in the extra of all God's blessings. This is the Lanyap Life, where we discuss practical insights of living in the extra. Today, I'm here with Dick Sorensen talking about the 23rd Psalm. We're going to look at the 23rd Psalm and see the abundance that God provides for us, uh, His <laughs> His purpose is to give life and to give it abundantly. He is overflowing with opportunity. So he is the one who gives extra to us and life, the Lanyap life, the extra, the gift, the impartation of abundance is there. And this becomes very clear as we look through the 23rd Psalm and see that God's Uh, wanting us to gain practical insights on living this lanyap, abundant life to the max. So let's look at the 23rd Psalm and read the first two verses. The Lord, He is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is great. There is a Lord, (laughs) and there will be a Lord in our life. Some of us Choose ourselves to be the Lord. We're the one who wants to be in charge. We're the one who makes all the decisions and has to be responsible for all things, tries to protect and provide for everything for ourselves. So we can be our own Lord or try to be. But we also find out that there are others that are more powerful than we are, that have more control more authority, and even can manipulate. And so, sometimes circumstances become our Lord. Or philosophies become our Lord. Or a certain culture, or a certain belief system, or certain religious things become our Lord. The one who we give and receive authority and power and direction from the one who covers and supplies. Or we can choose the creator of the universe, the one who is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, that is all-giving, who has made all things, who holds all things together, who provides all things, who is the sustainer of all things, who is love itself and who is light and life in every aspect and dimension, who is abundantly capable of not only being in charge and protecting and providing and sustaining, but he does it with our best interest, not his own. But not only is he the Lord, but he is my shepherd, because he is the Lord, and he knows all things, understands all things. He understands me. He's the one who will shepherd and care and guide and direct and provide for all of my needs, because he knows me intimately. He knows my 
weaknesses. He knows my strengths, my frailties, my lack of understanding, my twisted perceptions. He knows all of these things intimately about me, and he knows what I need in every situation and circumstances, and he is able to supply what I need, not according to the resources I have or that are here in the circumstances around me or that are limited, but instead he supplies all of my needs out of his provision and out of his abundance, and he does it so that I have no wants. I lack nothing as I come to him and receive from him. Instead of going and trying to get it myself, manipulate things to provide it, or try to overpower and take it, instead we're able to receive because he provides. The shepherd provides all of the needs of the sheep and provision. And David was very aware of this because he had tended his father's sheep for years as a young man. And then in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still, quiet, restful waters. This seems like a paradox. He makes me lie down, but in green pastures. Well, the shepherd knows that the sheep need green pasture. They need green grass that has moisture in it, that has vitality, that has the food value that's needed. And so the shepherd knows how to find those pastures, and he searches those out ahead of time, and he has them prepared and waiting. And then he takes the sheep out to the pasture. He doesn't just drive them out. He doesn't give them a road map and tell them to find their way. He doesn't say, just go anywhere you want to and search it. He leads them into the pastures that he has already sought out. And when he gets the sheep there, they leave early, daybreak, arrive at the pasture, they begin to graze. He is watching the sheepdogs are there watching, and these sheep just freely begin to eat and graze on the green grass. They are constantly gathering it, gathering it, chewing it, bringing it in to their uh, belly, but it's not being digested. It's being stored. Sheep will eat if left to their self, They will eat until they bloat, until they blow up, and they will kill themselves from over-gathering and grazing. That's the possibility. But the shepherd knows that about the sheep, and he knows when to make them lie down in the midst of that green pasture. All of that is there, all of the abundance, all the provision that they need. But he knows... About mid-morning, he goes around and he makes each sheep lie down. As long as the sheep is lying down, it won't graze. It won't continue to gather 
the grass in. Now it brings the grass back up and it chews its cud. It uh, begins to digest this grass. Chew it, chew it, goes into the, now the digestive system of the body and it begins to be broken down, begins to now be assimilated within the body and life and energy and vitality from that grass, from that uh, food source, from that provision, begins to energize that sheep and his body, and he begins to use it in life. And that's what happens with us, with the Lord. He, <laughs> there are many times we can continue to read Scripture, the Word that is written for us, we can gather it, we can memorize it, but if it's all just read and memorized and not digested, not assimilated, it becomes just information. And we can <clears throat> do that until a period of time and the Lord will make things happen in our life so it seems like we're not able to graze. We're not getting anything out of it. It's dry now. It's not having the same effect. But if we lie down with the Lord, He makes us lie. Now we begin to digest. We begin to apply. It begins to assimilate within us the life, the living Word of God that is active and sharper then a two-edged sword <laughs> begins to operate within us. And that life of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, the, is being imparted and lived out in me. So I can say with Paul, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. It's no longer... I that live, but Christ who lives within me. And we begin to see that overflowing, abundant, lanyap life begin to flow in and through and out of us. And Christ in us is seeing the hope of glory. And when, when they see us, they see the life of the Lord living in and through us. And they experience that. But it's not enough to just have the green pasture and lie down there. But then he leads me beside still, quiet waters. Sheep are afraid of fast-moving, running water. They avoid it because they can't swim. And if they get in that water, their uh, wool coat gets... Uh, soaked and it becomes like a suit of armor and pulls them down and drowns them. So they have an aversion to getting around water that's fast moving and uh, making noise. So the shepherd knows that about the sheep. He knows that they, they need water. <laughs> they need that living water as part of the digestive system and part of the assimilation of life and living it out. And without water, you die of thirst. But he also knows 
the insecurity that they have. And he does not taunt them and joke about it with them and uh, call them names. He doesn't drive them. He doesn't yell at them. Instead, he goes and prepares a pool that's quiet by damming it up on this river and this creek, this area of it, and then he will take each sheep one at a time over to the quiet water, the living water that is quiet and uh, life-sustaining and restful and peaceful. And he leads them into the water where they can drink. They can cool their their feet. <laughs> they can wash off the feet and the dust of life and be refreshed. And he's there with them. While the living water out of their innermost being uh, with us, with the Holy Spirit, he leads us to the the living water of the Holy Spirit. And we get to drink deeply and fully of him and we begin to be washed and cleansed and refreshed and out of our innermost being flows that river of living water, living life. This is what the Lord, our shepherd, supplies to us abundantly beyond more than we can ask or even think. Well, let's go to Psalm 23, verse 3 and 4, and continue the series of uh, God giving us life to the fullest, to the max, the little extra something, the lanyap life, and... Uh, Look at these practical insights of how he, he uses it. So in Psalms 23, 3, He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths or the footprints uh, of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 3, he restores my soul. You know what? My soul needs to be restored. It needs to be transformed. What are we talking about? Well, this is a word that is translated also many times as life or self. But it's our soul. It's our mind, our will, and our emotion. Our soul life or our human life that you and I live on this plane mostly with. But we're, we're more than soul. We're spirit. And God's extra that he's given to us is his life that he's imparted to us. Uh, uncreated life that cannot be corrupted. The Holy Spirit of God imparted into us and breathing life in us. But he knows that our soul needs to be healed, cleansed, redeemed, transformed, renewed, rebuilt. And he takes the initiative. So 
the Lord, the Lord, remember, <laughs> who is the authority and knows all things, who is my personal shepherd, the one who cares for me, the one who has my best interest at heart and looks after me and for me, he is the one who decides what needs to be restored in my thinking, what needs to be restored in my emotions, what needs to be restored in my will, and when it needs to be restored, and how it needs to be restored. He is the restorer of my soul. Oftentimes we graze on the Word of God, that green pasture, and we're feeding and feeding on it, but we're not meditating on it. We're not digesting it. Instead, we're grazing. And it does not bring restoration to our soul. It just adds to what's being gathered. And that's when he makes us lie down, as we learned earlier. And then he gets us up and leads us over to that living water that he has pooled there, that is restful and quiet. And he begins that restoration process at that pool of living water with the uh, green pasture that we have gathered that we're now digesting and it's being assimilated. So he's the restorer. Uh, there, there are emotional things that you and I have experienced in our life growing up that need to be healed. There are thoughts and conclusions we've come to, or it's called mind strongholds, that need to be torn down and rebuilt so that we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. Uh, there are decisions that we've made and co conclusions that we've come to that uh, uh, we need to have the Lord transform and change, and He gives us a whole different perspective of um, what's right and wrong, not out of our our experience and our understanding, our conclusion, but out of he who is the truth and the life and the way. So he will determine the restoration process. Thank God. <laughs> we don't have to try to make it happen, but we can receive from him the living water and the green pasture and allow him to begin to restore. And then it says, not only does he determine the when and how and where of the restoration process, but now he guides me. It doesn't say that he sends me or that he gives me a uh, written uh, itinerary. It doesn't say that he gives me a map, although... We have a written map and itinerary in the, uh, the Bible, the Scripture, the Word of God. But He's the living Word. And as the living Word, 
He will be my guide. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us and to lead us into the truth. So he guides me in the paths of righteousness. That word path there means the footprints, the footsteps of righteousness. Well, who is righteous? One, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the righteousness the very exact image that lives and moves and has the being of God the Father who will impart his life into us so that he can restore our soul and lead us on these same footprints. Now, my footprints uh, are different than your footprints, (laughs) but he leads each one of us so that we step where he would be stepping. His life in us begins to fill this place of what's right. Not us, but him in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And he leads us and he guides us through this pathway in our life. He's the way. The way is the path. He is the way of righteousness. He is the way to the Father. He is the way through (laughs) this life. And so he guides us. And he does it for his name's sake. Because you and I are being known by his name. It's his reputation that's at stake, not ours. And so he will guide us because of we're known by him and his name. And it brings glory to him as we are changing and being guided one degree of glory to another, one manifest presence of God in us to another. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, On this earth, we many times go through shadows. We have nighttime and we have day. (laughs) Uh, And even in the daytime, there are clouds. And there can be uh, snow and there can be rain and all of the... And we can go down into valleys where the sun uh, doesn't shine because of the depths of the valley and the heights of the mountain and because of the clouds that are there. And so we're walking even though who's doing the walking? We are. It's not God. We're walking through this uh, physical world on this earth and there will be depths and heights and shadows. There will be Clear days, there will be cloudy. And through this shadowy darkness of separation, the death, the word death means separation. And even though we're walking through that and we're experiencing separation from God's presence at times, but he's there and he's present, he's the shepherd. But we're not aware of it. (laughs) And as sheep, They wander. 
when they graze, they wander. And they can get themselves lost. They don't even know they're lost. They have no direction. They don't know how to find themselves home. They can end up down in this dark valley, not knowing where they are, not knowing how, to, how they got there, not knowing how to get out. But in the midst of that, he's there with us. I will fear no evil or harm, for you are with me. The, the shepherd, and many times uh, the sheepdog, are, they find the, the sheep and they're present with them. And they lead them out and they care for them, and they, they're, uh, we understand that even in the midst of feeling separated and this condition that we're in and the circumstances that are around us do not keep us from his presence. He always knows where we are, and he comes, and he leads us again in the paths of righteousness, the footsteps of his way and truth to the safety of his presence again. And we'll look at uh, the next section in a few minutes. As we look at Psalms 23 at the uh, next uh, installment, we are going to look at uh, for verse 4 B and uh, then we'll go to 5 and see if we finish this or not uh, you are with me the lord the shepherd you are with me you're not around me you're not just watching me you're not uh <laughs> pushing me or following me you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How does a rod and staff comfort us? Remember, we're sheep, and he's the shepherd, the good shepherd. <clears throat> well, when he is with us and he's meeting our needs, he has his rod, and the rod represents uh, power and it represents authority. Um, many many times the shepherd carried a rod that was about three and a half feet long and it was about uh, two and a half inches in diameter. It would be <laughs> look like a, a a club today, but it was a rod. But he also carried a staff, which was longer. And it had a crook in it, and in the crook he could reach down uh, if he were um, on a cliff area, and he could, with the crook, catch a sheep and lift it up if it had fallen uh, down off of this ledge. Or he could reach out and he could guide us a sheep and keep it from going off into a wrong direction. And the rod he would use uh, when there were predators and enemies of the sheep. If they were around, and wolves are one of the predators of sheep, 
the rod would be there and the shepherd would use that to break the jaw and the back of a wolf if he were coming after the sheep. Now the sheep, every sheep every once in a while during the day would come over to the shepherd where he was and in here he would be and he'd come up and he'd check and see if the rod was there. And he'd smell the rod, touch the rod. He knew that this would represent power and authority that could be exerted and used for his benefit. And it was a comfort and encouragement to him. And it brought peace and a sense of uh, protection, a sense of provision. And that's why he didn't have to fear harm. And so the staff was there as guidance. And he knew that the staff would always be there to guide, and to direct, and to comfort him. And to if there were corrections that needed to be made, he, it would be done by the guidance of the staff. So the, the shepherd had this rod and had this staff. He has authority and power, and he has guidance that he does with comfort and love and truth. And so as a sheep, I'm comforted by the authority and the power of God. I'm comforted by the loving guidance, the loving truth, the loving way, the way, the truth, and the life that he provides. And he leads me into all truth. His loving kindness, he umpires my heart and leads me into into truth. And he does prepare a table for me in the very presence of my enemies. He knows what we need. He knows that in the midst of the dark valley and shadow of separation that we walk through and harm is all around us, but we're not fearful of that. We don't see the negative outcome. What we see, what we are aware of, is his rod and his staff that comfort and encourage and direct and provide for me. And right in our deepest times of need where the enemy is surrounding me and yelling and screaming and trying to uh, excite fear and anxiety and trying to stop me from life and receiving and living in that abundant life, the Lord prepares a table right in the presence. Instead of removing all of the enemy, he sets down a banquet table for me, and he makes provision. And in the very presence of the enemies, constantly accusing and yelling and judging, he provides what I need. 
and life and sustenance and strength and vitality and encouragement and wisdom and faith and seeing from God's point of view because he makes me to sit with him in heavenly places and I begin to feast in his very presence and he anoints my head with oil and in this banquet table he pours out his anointing he initiates preparing the table for me bringing me into uh, the feast where the enemy is surrounding me he is the one who initiates a pouring out his anointing uh, of his life and presence and power and Holy Spirit upon my head, <laughs> upon what guides and directs me. And I experience his anointing flowing down and covering me. And his oil of anointing, his oil of the Holy Spirit, and my cup overflows. He's filling my cup with life, life-giving energy, life-giving Holy Spirit. My cup, my being is not just filled up, but it begins to overflow. It flows all over the saucer that my cup is in, and it flows all over the table that I'm eating from at that banquet, and it flows out the door of my residence in this uh, world system and with the enemy all around me, and it begins to be a flood of life, of the Spirit of God flowing upon me, anointing me, filling me, and overflowing from me. And surely, goodness, in verse 6, surely goodness and loving kindness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. <laughs> Actually, in the Hebrew, it says only goodness and loving kindness. It's a word that's used in the Hebrew that we would translate in the New Testament as grace. It has about 40 translations for mercy, loving kindness, grace, favor, gentleness, meekness, you go on and on. Surely his goodness and his loving kindness will pursue me like two little puppy dogs. You know what puppy dogs do? They follow their master. I mean, they just run around after and pursue. Here, here they come, here they come, here comes goodness, here comes mercy or loving kindness. Here they go, follow, follow me. And it follows us. His goodness, his loving kindness follows, overtakes us, pursues us. And they lick you, they love you. <laughs> they just overflow with their goodness towards you and around you and all of those that are around you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will live and abide in the presence, in the very dwelling pleasant presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Our life, as we're 
receive that life from God, and he is our Lord and our shepherd, and we're his sons and daughters, we have life forevermore, for eternity with him. And it'll, it'll be an abundant life in every way, and we will dwell and abide with him in his presence. And the uh, things that we get to experience with him, what we get to do for eternity, are beyond what we can imagine or think at all. It's beyond our imagination. And that's what we're going to get to do with him. And so, um, do we need to have goodness and kindness? Do we need to have it following and pursuing us? Then let's experience the other aspects of his abundance and his life of provision that he wants to impart to us. And as we do that and as we go through, are we in a place where there's darkness and shadow and feelings of separation? And let's experience him being with us present and let's experience his authority and his power. Let's experience his guidance, his voice, his communication. Let's receive his touch. And let's, even even though all of the circumstances are still there, we can receive uh, a banquet and an enjoyment of him and with him so that his anointing begins to flow, his provision begins to flow, and goodness is experienced, and it's pursuing us. We're not pursuing it. Loving kindness, favor pursues us. We're not pursuing it. And it continues to flow as we dwell with him, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We live and move and have our being in him, even though we're here on the earth at this point in time. And that is our provision of abundant Lanyap life that God has promised for us and prepared for us. So the 23rd Psalm, let's look at a summary of the 23rd Psalm, how that we can use it as a guide to see where we are and maybe what the, what the Lord is uh, restoring and working on specifically. So the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. Are we experiencing things where we're needing to relearn that he is the Lord? He's in charge. He has the authority and control. Or are we experiencing things where we need to re-experience the reality of him being our shepherd, and one who cares for, provides for, oversees, heals, strengthens our lives. Are we needing to rediscover that all of the needs I have, he will always supply. He will supply all of my needs, and therefore I am not in want of any such thing. Otherwise, I'm not the victim. 
Or in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Are we discovering that uh, he provides green pastures? <laughs> Does it feel like we're in a parched place where there's no provision? Okay, he provides green pastures. And then are we experiencing him making us lie down? Even in the midst when we think all of it is right there, I can see it, I can smell it, I can touch it, but <clears throat> I'm not receiving uh, that provision. Well, are we lying down? Has he made us to lie down? Or he leads me beside the still quiet waters. Are we needing to rediscover and re-experience the Holy Spirit and how he restores and refreshes, how he washes and cleanses, how he brings rest to our soul because we cease using our soul life and trying to power through it and make it happen. And instead, we receive the Holy Spirit's power and his directing and leading and providing in all things. Are we at the point where we're having battles with our stroll, our soul? Are there strongholds that are emerging? Are there wounds and hurts that need uh, healing and transformation? Uh, are, are we dealing with areas of our mind where there's constant re- going over the same experiences or the same thoughts where uh, we need the renewing of our mind, then we will look to and see, oh, he's restoring my soul. These things that are coming up, even though the world is involved and Satan is involved, God is involved many times uh, allowing and initiating, bringing those things up so that we can say, Lord, I need your restoration in my soul in this particular area. Are we in an area where we're wondering what the path is, what the way is, what uh, the righteousness is? Instead of trying to reason it out, uh, we go to him who is the guide, and he guides me in his footsteps his path, his way of righteousness, and imparts that to me. I am righteous because of him. He, through the blood of Jesus, he has made me to be righteous. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, are we experiencing darkness, uh, valley and shadow where we can't see, we're feeling separated, we're feeling alone, then we experience that no harm can really befall us. We won't have to give in to fear. He's not given us that spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind or self-control because he is with me. He is with me. And he can manifest his presence with us as we turn to receive that instead of all of the circumstances of the darkness and the separation that we're dealing with in just the natural. 
Instead, we experience, do we need to re-experience his rod? The authority he has and imparts to us. He has given us <coughs> authority as his sons and his daughters in his kingdom, joint heirs with Jesus, making us to sit with him in heavenly places. We need many times to re-experience that reality in circumstances where it's his rod and his, his power, his authority, and his staff, his guidance, and they comfort, encourage, direct me, impart well-being, and making me more than a conqueror in all of these things in Christ Jesus. Again, um, he opens the eyes of our heart that we can know the hope to which he has called us, the inheritance that we have in him, and the immeasurable greatness of his power that's at work within us over all of the power of the enemy in this age and the one to come. He prepares a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. Are we in a place where we feel we have enemies on all sides, we're surrounded, <laughs> being covered up, they're trying to swallow us, we're experiencing all these accusations, guilt, condemnation, and we're, constant, we're surrounded, we see no way out. Well, guess what? Look for him. He is there with us. He manifests his presence, and he has prepared us a banquet. He knows what we need at that time, and he says, sit down with me. Let's celebrate, and let me <laughs> show you the enemy, although he's pressing, he can't touch you. He's way out there. Let's celebrate, and you begin to be fed uh, what you need. There's energy and vitality. He opens eyes of your heart to see that uh, he is now anointing you at this point. Are you in a place where you're feeling weak and that you have no authority, no power? Guess what? He wants to show you he's anointing your head with oil. In the midst of these problems, that's when his anointing comes. That's when he pours it out upon you and it runs down all over you. But your head, your <laughs> what leads and guides and directs you, he's anointing you with his presence and his uh, power, his direction. And um, that flow of life in you begins to fill you up. Your cup overflows and it it's an abundance of what he is doing in you so that it supplies life and health and uh, vitality and hope, comfort and peace to those around you. And are you in a place where you're saying, I, I don't see where uh, God's presence with me. I don't, I don't see that um, he is following me in any way and protecting me. Well, that's the point where you look and you will begin to see 
the goodness of God, the loving kindness of God, the uh, favor of God, the mercy of God, following you, pursuing you. It doesn't matter where you go, you can't get away from it because he is there giving mercy and grace and loving kindness and favor to you, his son or his daughter. And you, are you at the place where you feel like, well, I don't know, my life seems like it's over. I'm in this season where I used to be active doing all kinds of things. But uh, now it seems like I'm not useful and not needed. Well, they, this goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. All the days. Not just in this natural life, but for eternity. And therefore, are you seeing that I will dwell, live, have life in God's presence forever? Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. You can look at this guide. I discover that God takes me back through this many, many times in, in my life, and he'll do the same for you. God bless. Thank you.